Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Good evening, everyone. Oh, no, come on. You know what I always say. If I got to be awake and bring energy, so do you. Good evening, everyone. You know, that's that after Easter blues. Is that what that is? Because everybody dedicated and worked so hard Easter Sunday. And we want to say to all of you, uh, not only for those of you who were in attendance and you brought your very best of worship and your smile, but especially for those of you who served Easter Sunday, we want to say thank you. Amen. Here's why. Are you ready for this? Altar calls throughout the campus. I think 106, if I'm correct on that. Pastor Don, correct me. Is that correct? 106 souls responded to the altar calls. Come on. Do you you realize heaven is bigger now because of your efforts with us in conjunction to advance the kingdom of God? I'm glad we're not here just to play church. I don't mean to be cliche, but it's the truth. We're here to be the church, amen? So thank you to all of you, again, who were here and participated. Thank you for those of you who brought guests. We had numerous guests throughout the campus. We had record attendance numbers. I mean, God, everybody say God is good. See, I can end right there and we can go home, take up the offer and we'd be good, right? I mean, that's just, everybody say good news. I'll tell you, it's exciting. Everybody say this. Now, I pastored in West Virginia for 10 years, so you got to say it this way because I had to learn their lingo. How many know, like Paul said, if you're in Rome, be like the Romans, right? So I need you to say this. Say, you ain't seen nothing yet. It's not nothing. It's nothing. So we're going to try it again. You ain't seen nothing yet. All right. I could pull a bunch of more words out that uh, they used to say, but we'll do that another time. Amen. I don't want to upset my wife. It was interesting. You know, sometimes God sends you places just to get a laugh. How many believe that? That was our season. Oh, we had a good time. You ready for the word of God tonight? Are you sure? You positive? Turn the person next to you say, no no after Easter blues. Go ahead, say it to them. Turn to the other person next to you and say, smile. Go ahead, tell them. Here we go. Grab your notes. Grab your pens. I hope you have notes. The ushers were passing them out, and I appreciate the ushers doing that. You know that we encourage you on Wednesday night to have notes, Uh, and and not only Wednesday nights, uh, but uh, when Pastor Don or whoever's preaching Sunday, take notes. Whenever you're reading your Bible, take notes. Whenever you're listening to your podcasts or CDs at home, what? Take notes. Never leave anything to memory. Your brain ain't that good. How many are with me? Matter of fact, tonight I decided to go old school, and there's many reasons for that, and I'm gonna set the stage for what I'm teaching tonight. Here is one of my Bibles. This literally was one of my very first, not the first, but one of. This Bible's over 32 years old. It even smells like it. It's got pizza sauce on it and spaghetti sauce and things that my kids contribute to it. I won't say what it is, but there's all kinds of stuff on this Bible. But most of all, everybody say most of all, throughout this Bible, 30 some years old, 
is all my personal notes and personal study markings and highlights and reminders and key thoughts as I was either studying it personally or at a church message or at a a seminar convention or something. And it's really neat to look through this and be able to go, oh, I remember that. Oh, yeah, I remember that. How many have Bibles like that? Let me see a show of hands. Help the young in the Lord. How many have Bibles like that? Here's what I want to encourage you. Here's why I brought my actual Bible, because I love technology. How many love technology? I'm a gadget nut. But have you ever figured that when you start getting a whole bunch of gadgets, you got to maintain all those things? How many know what I'm talking about? you got to make sure they're, they're charged and they're updated and where are they at? And, you know, you can't drop them, God forbid. And how, how many know it, it's just, it's maintenance. And thank God for gadgets. Thank God for technology. We love, you should like at least. You may not love it, but you should at least like technology. It's important for today. Everybody say, but. Here's a dilemma that I have experienced, you may not have, but though I may read the Bible on my phone or my iPad or my my laptop, whatever, it's not the same as your own personal paperback Bible. And the Lord dealt with me the beginning of this year to you know, all the more read from my paperback Bible and continue, if I say continue, to mark in it and take notes of it, not only in my journal, but in my Bible. So I've been reading my Bible less on my tech, technological, ga- you know, electronic gadgets and more on my paperback Bible. I'm gonna tell you something, it's done something for me. It's done something for me. Now, you may take that or may not. That's not really my point of saying that. It may have helped somebody tonight. But the point that I want to get at is, beginning of the year, God began to deal with me and kind of revive in me a newfound passion for his word. Now, I believe tonight's message, as I always tried to do, you know my heart, I always try to do this. Anytime I'm talking to somebody or teaching to a crowd, whatever it may be, I always try to include those who've been in the Lord and are well-versed of the Bible. How many know I'm talking about the seasoned Christians out there? How many seasoned, seasoned Christians, right? We got, we got those who've been in the Lord for decades. But we have some here tonight who've only been in the Lord maybe for weeks, Maybe months, maybe days, maybe, maybe you just gave your life Sunday and you're back. We want to say to you, congratulations, amen. So we've got to teach where it helps the newfound Christian as scripture calls you, now scripture calls you this, a baby Christian. You know, sometimes that's a good thing to know that because then when you act like a baby, you could say, hey, I'm being scriptural. But for those who've been in the Lord for a while, it calls you something that you've got to live up to. How many know, it's not old geezer, no, it's not that. How many know what it is? You're to be a teacher. You're to teach mentor, in other words. You're to help the babies in the Lord. You're to help the up and coming Christians. Amen? So there's a word for everybody. But you know, I I wanted to revive in us either a passion period, if, if you don't have one, or a newfound passion, or revive and keep stoking the passion you already have. God's word is everything, should be everything to you. You couldn't be here today as a born again Christian, a new person in Christ without his word. 
For those of you who've been in the Lord for a while and you've experienced blessings and victories, how many know you've paid the price to a degree? Now, listen, where I'm going with this, you've paid a price to a degree for those victories and for those blessings. The Bible doesn't say fight the good fight of faith because it's not a fight. And the reason it's a good fight is not because you don't come out unbruised or uncut or unscarred. It's a good fight because if you do fight the fight of faith, it's good because you're going to come out blessed. You may come out bleeding, but I'd rather come out in a fight. Listen, man, come on. My BC days is coming out right now. Sorry. I'd rather come out in a fight bleeding and having won than come out of a fight bleeding and having lost. Some of you never fought in school, did you? How many guys here had your grade school and high school fights? Let me see a show of hands. Oh, yeah. Men love that. We're like, yeah. I forget who I was talking to. I mean, oh, it was Chris Siegel of all people. How many know who Chris Siegel is? I got to tell on him. He's the guy that does the keyboard. Ponytail, come on. Do you ever see him when he's praising the Lord? That thing is... It waved to you, it does, all kinds of stuff. So that's who I'm talking about. I was talking the other day and I mentioned just a little bit about that. Chris went up, oh yeah. It was like all the battle scars and the battle wounds and all the fights. How many know, man, we, we understand that. We're built to be that way. Ladies, isn't it true? How many ladies want your men to fight? And I don't mean physically, but I mean to really be the spiritual man he's called to be and learn to be a man of God that fights the good fight of faith. Any ladies here want your man? See, what, what, what our ladies, I don't know why I'm going here, but I, how many know it's going to be good anyways? It's going to be good for the ladies, I have a feeling. Not so good for us men. But the ladies don't want us men not to be the spiritual heads of our homes that we're, we're called to be. No whamsy, pamsy, spiritual men. Hey, we're in Texas. How do they say it? You got a cowboy up. Or as the men's ministry says, man up. Right, John? Man up. See, I got that John voice. Man up. You got a man up. Turn to one of the guys around you and say, man up. Be the man. Yeah, that was deep over here. That was deep. Did you hear it over here? Man up. Now, if a man said to you, man up, that's different. We'll forgive them. Amen. Everybody say the power of God's word. So I'm going to challenge you tonight. We're about a quarter of the way into this new year. I'm sure many at the beginning of the year said, man, I'm going to, I'm going to create a new resolution or a, or a continued resolution or just a new habit. I'm going to start reading God's word. I'm going to start reading my Bible every day. How many know usually at the beginning of the year, or let me put it this way, usually at the end of a year when we're found to not reading our Bible, the beginning of a new year, we like all of a sudden say, you know what, I'm going to start reading my Bible. Anybody with me? Raise your hand. Come on, let's help those around us. Right. Okay. Where are you at? Don't answer out loud. That's your secret place moment with the Lord right now. Where are you at? with that, that, that newfound passion and, and I'm gonna read God's word and every day, where are you at with that? See, God said, you're gonna bring a word tonight, son, because I wanna challenge them. Here's why. Now, I, you could take this prophetic or pathetic, however you wanna take this. I, I, I'm not gonna deem in any way, but for me, Ken, and my house, if you will, I'm gonna take it as a, prophetic word from God, at least for us. 
because this is what God said. He said, you let them know I'm not done with them yet. This year is only a quarter of the way over. I've got, listen, I've got so much. This is God speaking to us. I've got so much for you, but you're not going to have it without my word as your foundation. Woo, starting already, Pastor David. Can't help it. Got a, got a hoot and holler, man. Are you with me? See, some of you at this beginning of the year, you hate this year so far because you face nothing but obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. Do you realize the devil plans that? Because you woke up on January 1 and you said, man, I'm gonna read my Bible every day and I'm gonna know it in and out because I wanna know God more than I ever have. Then all of a sudden, as they say in Texas, all hell broke loose. What do you think that's for? Then God, as our wonderful staff from our senior pastor right down, how many love our staff pastors here? They are the best of the best of the best. If you just look over what Pastor Don's been saying for, uh, for the beginning of this year until right now, what I'm saying, God's been encouraging us, get in my word. Because he knows when you do that, it'll turn the tide of what the enemy's trying to steal from you. Look at your notes, if you will. Here we go. Think on this. The word of God is your success handbook. Everyone in this room wants success. There's nobody, unless it just something's not quite right. But everyone should think and desire and long for success. Matter of fact, let me put it to you biblically. It's built into every human being that ever breathes to have success because it's innate in us because of God's nature. Even before you're born again, it's built into every human being to want success. Because God is a God of success. Remember, look at this on your notes. Google imparts knowledge of people, sometimes wrong, by the way, and places and events. Dictionaries impart knowledge of words, but nothing is as important as the wisdom, the wisdom of God for communicating laws of success for your life. I preached one time a message, it was entitled, the only problem you will ever have is a wisdom problem. It's one of the very first ones I preached here. Came out of the gate running, Pete, he just came out of the gate running. Boy, you should have heard the people afterwards. I don't know if that's true. (laughs) But I love this part. But you got me thinking. I'm totally convinced the only problem you will ever have is a wisdom problem. Yeah, but my wife really don't love me. The only problem you will ever have is a wisdom problem. Man, money just seems to come through one hand and out the other. The only problem you will ever have is a wisdom problem. Man, I just can't seem to hold on to a job. The only problem you will ever have is a wisdom problem. Man, it seems like my body's plagued with sickness after sickness. My kid's sick, I'm sick, we all get sick, and then we get over it, then we get sick again. The only problem you will ever have, truly, is a wisdom problem. Because if true wisdom, now how many know there's falsehood out there? True wisdom that's of God is the answer to everything. Matter of fact, if you don't believe me, 
Look through Proverbs, especially Proverbs chapter one, two, three, and four. The first four chapters of Proverbs. And I love how Solomon in his wisdom, could be another reason, but I won't get into it. I say for a men's fellowship, called wisdom a she. When she, wisdom, calls out to you, cries out to you, shouts unto you, and it gives examples of just everyday life. God's wisdom's constantly calling out to you and I. Why? Because we're plagued with problems every day. We're plagued with challenges every day. We're plagued with, listen, listen, we're plagued every day with opportunities to make a foolish decision. They say that in one's life, on average, now we make thousands of decisions throughout a week. You make, by, by the midweek today, Wednesday, you've made thousands of decisions this week so far. But they say on average, there's six major decisions that you make that'll affect your life for the entirety of your life. Six. How many know if you marry the wrong person? No, everyone here happily married, I'm believing. But I mean that all joking aside. You married somebody that physically abuses you, mentally and emotionally abuses you. How many know that affects you for the rest of your life? No, I tell you, cut and run, get out of that marriage. Hello? You don't let anybody, anyways. Six major decisions that affect your life for its entirety. And we make thousands of decisions every day. So here's what I wanna do, let's break that down. Every day if you make a, a decision out of those hundreds of decisions per day, thousands per week, if you make a decision to crack open your Bible and consume some of it, could you imagine as it compounds every day you doing that when you come up against one of the six major decisions that affect your life for its entirety? I bet you're gonna be better positioned to make a correct decision to affect the entirety of your life. Can you tell I'm excited tonight? Think on this. Go back to your notes if you would. God's only pain is to be doubted. God's only pleasure is to be believed. How many believe that? Matter of fact, if you could put that on your bathroom mirror because if, if you don't understand that, you don't know God. But God wants you to know him. And how many know that's exciting to get to know God? Christianity isn't some religious thing. I say it all the time that I can. It's an actual relationship. But in your relationship with the Lord, God's only pain is to be doubted. God's only pleasure is to be believed. God wants you to believe him. And what he wants you to believe is his word, the Bible. Remember, your passion on your notes. Your passion for the word of God is your greatest asset in your pursuit for success. Your passion for the word of God. I'm facing problems. Uh, uh, Ken, what do I do? Well, what have you gone to God's word and studied about concerning that problem? People call up the church, I need counseling. Okay, when was the last time you were in church? I don't know. 
How about this one? I'm going to step on some toes tonight because I'm allowed. When I see well-meaning people, I'm sure, well-meaning people, but they'll be in the gathering place talking to people, counseling them. Well, Pastor Don in here bringing an amazing word. Oh, Jesus. Pastor Don, you got to know what I feel like at that moment. It's not like Jesus. I want to go back to my BC days, and it never happens here in this church. I've seen it done somewhere else. But I like to grab those people by their toes and just, this is in love, and drag them into church. You know, can I say one more thing, Pastor Don, about that very thing? Don't ever keep somebody from the anointed word of God corporately. Jesus, I'm being nice. To impart God's word under your individual anointing. There's something about a corporate anointing versus an individual anointing. I'm sure you're pretty smart. I'm sure you're well-versed in the Bible, but there's nothing like a man or woman of God being drawn under the anointing by the corporate body pouring on the Holy Spirit in that person. Boom, take that. God, I feel so much better. I need a microphone. I just want to poof. All right. God's word is, look at your notes. Real quick, the very thoughts of God. How many know that that should blow your mind? If you don't know that, it's true. Every time you open up this Bible with paper and ink, it is literally the thoughts of God. Well, I don't quite believe the Bible's the complete word of God. Well, we're gonna help you work on that because it is, amen? The bread of life is the word of God. It's your sustenance. Just like your natural body needs food, Nutritiously, your spirit man and your soul, by the way, needs the word of God to keep it healthy and whole. Scriptures are there for you to read. We're gonna read, move on for sake of time. Number, letter C, the word of God is light in the midst of darkness. How many have ever not known what to do in life? Maybe one of those six major decisions, you're cornered, you're not sure what to do. Maybe your child's gone away and gone astray and, and, and you're not quite sure what to do to help them come back. Hey, you're in a place of darkness, but God's word will light that thing up like never before. I can remember as a kid in, in the woods of Pennsylvania, all the forests of Pennsylvania, always outdoors growing up, always outside, always doing something. We have property up in the northern part of Pennsylvania and we would do deer hunting and all kinds of stuff. And I can remember my dad had this spotlight. Now, there's nothing like today, but back then it was, it was big time stuff, at least for me as a kid. And I can remember him plugging that million lumens or whatever it was, million candles is what they called it back then. He'd hit that spotlight on that field. You would see nothing, but when he would hit that spotlight, deer everywhere. And I remember that as a kid because I remember going to church a few times and the, the priest actually getting some truth in there, amen? For you former Catholics know what I'm talking about. Come on, help me out. But I remember him talking about God's word being a light. And I'll never forget that as a kid thinking, man, that's what God must be like. You're totally in the dark, but man, when God shows up, light, amen? God's word is authority. 
When the devil's coming to wreak havoc in your home, like I said, the men, men of God who are called to be the spiritual leaders in your home, you flex your muscles spiritually by speaking and praying out the word of God. Don't just let the devil come and beat your kids all over and beat you and your marriage and your wife all over. Beat them back. Beat them back. Bring the word of God. Bring your fight to the game. And it's God's word, his authority. Letter E, power that creates. I love that. Because in my life, Missy and I, raising our kids and being married, as long as we have, there's times we did not have what we needed, but we would speak God's word and God's word would create it for us. That's a whole different teaching. Some of you don't get that yet, but you will. Some of you understand because it's reviving in you what you need about faith. F, it's power that destroys. How many know God's word is the power that destroys? Sometimes there's things that are in your life that you don't want in your life and God's word will destroy that. So you got God's word that would create what you don't have and then you got God's word that will destroy what you don't need. Oh, man. Everybody, turn to the person next to say, God got me covered. Go ahead, say it. He got you covered. Get you what you don't have, destroy what you don't need, and then give you extra. Extra. How many like extra? Just think of ice cream with extra whipped cream and extra sprinkles. Everybody say extra. I'm getting hungry. G, our greatest spiritual weapon, period. God's word. The word of God, let's look at this. The word of God solves the problems in your life. Now, I know not one of you here have a problem, so I'm gonna preach to me. Is that okay? None of you face problems. The word of God solves every problem in your life because the only problem you ever have is a wisdom problem. The only way you're gonna get wisdom is God's word, amen? Number one, the word of God solves the problem of depression. Why do you think that's number one on my notes? Because it's number one in today's society. More people deal with depression than ever before. There's more medication being produced and created and invented than ever before to try to combat depression in today's society. Folks, I get sometimes it's physical and, and maybe a chemical imbalance in your brain and I understand all that. And folks, there's times it's spiritual. You've got to understand that. Amen? But God's word will solve whether it's a physical problem or it's a spiritual problem. And I won't share my opinion on that. Amen? But John 15, 11, to celebrate with what? Mark the word great. It's one thing to have joy. Man, it's another thing to have great joy. How many have ever, for a show of hands to help those maybe currently going through it, how many have ever gone through a season of depression in your life? Let me see, I have. I'll put both up. But how many know God can bring you through those things, a better person, more educated and equipped spiritually. Just all kinds of things can take place. To celebrate with great joy because they now, this is where the great joy comes from and how you exit, how you exit depression. Are you ready? It's because they now understand the words that have been known to them. And it's referring to God's word. 
It's like all of a sudden they were hearing God's word and hearing God's word and hearing God's word. Then all of a sudden it went, I got it. How many have ever had that happen to you? You be, how many have ever read your Bible and you're reading it, especially when you're first uh, in, in the Lord and you're brand new Christian? You'll be reading something and you're like, what in the world? And, and when I started, I started the King James translation because there was no other translation when, when I came. That's how many years ago. How many you know what I'm talking about? So I'm reading. Here's an ex-drug addict and drug dealer and in and out of jail and all kinds of crazy stuff. And I'm reading King James. How many know God's good? So I'm reading and going, what in the world? But how many know if you stay faithful, the great one in you, everybody say Holy Spirit. The Bible says he's the one that teaches the saints. Matter of fact, it goes this way in John. First John, it says, you have an anointing from the Holy One and you can know everything of God's word. Isn't that cool? So just stay with it. And sooner or later, you're gonna go, ah, I get it. I remember a friend of mine led him to the Lord. In fact, the property up north that we have in Pennsylvania, he lived across the street from our, our camp and uh, led him to the Lord. And he started reading his Bible. And I remember he started reading Revelations. And I was like, no, no, brother, you don't want to read Revelations. Go to the Gospel of John. But no, he had to read Revelations. I remember he'd come out from reading Revelations. His eyes would be this big. He'd be like, man, the end of the world. I remember him, him deciphering the grasshoppers. He goes, they gotta be military helicopters. I'm like, brother, go to the gospel of John. Get out of Revelations, amen. How about this? You can read those other scriptures on your own time. Let's go to number two. The word of God exposes any seeds of falsehood that have entered into your life. See, I came to the Lord at the age of 17 and there was, there was plenty of falsehood in my life. But I wonder some of you that have come to the Lord later in your years, there's probably much falsehood because we live in a world that's false. We live in a world that speaks lies. Twisted truth, partial truth. How many know a twisted truth or a partial truth is simply a lie? There's no such thing as, well, it's kind of a white lie. How many know a lie's a lie? Amen? So you have all that put in you. Now you come to the Lord and he's a God of truth. Now all of a sudden you've got to live by truth, but you've got all these falsehoods in you. That's why you get the battle going on inside you. I'll give you an example. Sunday morning comes around, maybe even Saturday night for some. I ain't going to church. It's been a busy week. Pretty tired. It's a good game this football season. There's a good game on Sunday. See, I dealt with that when I first came to the Lord because growing up, we were religious. We went to a religious church. We went to a mainline denominational church. There was no life there. So that falsehood, eh, you can blow off church. Just make sure you go the next week because you're going to hell if you don't. At least the denomination I grew up in, amen? So you can skip about once or twice a month. How many, how many other, how many, you brother know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I, I think I've told you guys this before. We, so my dad was so dedicated that we would go to church in a snowstorm. He'd cuss all the way to church. But we went to church. I remember the driveway up to our church was never plowed. Why aren't they, why can't they blankety blank this driveway? Don't they? We'd get there, there'd be four cars in the parking lot. The priest, a couple of the, the choir boys or whatever they were, the, and that was it. 
And I don't know how they got the church. They probably lived right up the street. So we'd walk in, you can almost, you can see the priest going, why are you here? In fact, he was hoping we wouldn't so he can cancel and go back home. Anyways, you could tell I'm scarred for life over that. Falsehood, everybody say falsehood. Get the word in, you look at John 17, 17, sanctify them, how? Sanctify means to remove falsehood. It's by the truth of God's word. Number three, the word of God bursts the fear of God within you. Mark that word fear, it's your blank, fear. Now, to a degree, there is a healthy reverence and respect and literally a fear of the Lord. Fear doesn't mean you're afraid of him. It's, it's a matter of respect. I'll give you an example. Some of you may understand this. How many remember your dads growing up? My day growing up, my dad would be like, boy, I told you to shut up. How many remember those days? Hey, I turned out all right. I think. Why are you laughing so hard, Pastor? Did, did you hear that, John? He like, ha, ha, it's going to be over. The, it's going to be over. The, you're going to hear it over the recording. He like, ha, ha, ha. No, I think I turned out somewhat all right. He's still laughing. Look, no redemption. He has nothing. See, he can't lie. But man, growing up with my dad, I can remember would get in trouble. There was four of us in one room growing up, believe it or not. And, and I can remember it was bedtime and we didn't want to go to bed. How many know all kids don't want to go to bed? So I'd get my, I was the youngest of the four, so I'd get my sister stirred up and my brother. And all of a sudden, we're all in there. And I can remember hearing my dad, settle down in there. It lasts about five minutes. How many know what I'm talking about? Then we'd start getting, I'd get them all stirred up and they'd get started up again. And then the notorious hallway to our bedroom. It wasn't very big, but when you were a kid, that hallway seemed long. Because I could hear, my dad was a big guy, man. I could just hear. And I swear, our bunk beds, my brother and I were in a bunk bed, and I could feel them. And I can remember as the room was dark, the hallway was lit up, my dad would open the door. And you just see the silhouette. He was six foot two. He was six foot two. You could just see my dad's silhouette just covering the doorway, barely see light. I told you to settle down. How many remember that? How many remember that as your childhood? You remember your dad like that? I loved my dad. My dad loved me. I knew he loved me. But there was a healthy respect for my dad. You didn't mess with my dad. You didn't violate my dad's words or wishes. You may tempt to, and sometimes my brother would help me to, but I did pay the price for that. How many understand? Folks, here's all I'm gonna say about this and we gotta move on. God doesn't wink at your sin or my sin. If you think you got God fold, you're a fool. Don't think God winks at your stuff because he loves you. God loves you, and, he, and it says in Scripture, he's going to correct those whom he God going to spank your bottom when he gets to it. You may not like to hear that, but go ahead and keep thinking God's winking at your sin. Okay, I'll move on. I got to be nice. I thought that was nice. Was that pretty nice, Pastor? No. Yeah. See? 
So even John's over there going, yeah, man, come on, bring it. He's like, yeah. Matter of fact, you got something to say too. Come on, I know it. (laughs) Number four, here we go. The word of God has destroyed sickness and disease. Notice the blank is the word has because it's past tense. Man, I want to say something real quick here because we're close out of time. Every opportunity I get, I share this because it's a burden of my heart. When I hear us as believers saying, hey, will you pray that God will, 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 will heal me? Will you pray that God will heal my son, heal my wife, etc.? Will you pray that God will do it? Folks, that's not faith. Hope is always future tense. Faith is always now. God's not going to heal you or anybody else in your family. Ooh, he paused for effect. God is not going to heal any of us because he already has. Woo, let me prove it to you. Psalm 107 verse 20, he sent his word. Everybody say, that's Jesus. Because in John 1, 1, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He sent his word, Jesus, and healed. Notice the E-D. There's ed, ed at the end of a word, ed. Healed them and delivered, ed, them from their destructions. Everybody say amen. Amen. So here's what I want to say with that. Quit praying, God, will you heal me? God, thank you for you going to heal my wife. Start saying this according to the scripture. Lord, I thank you, I am healed. Thank you for healing me, Lord. I just partake of some healing right now. Man, I just want some healing in my body, so you already done it, so thank you, you've done it. Let me prove it to you, 2 Peter 2.24, that by whose stripes you were. Past tense. Number five, the word of God will birth hope. Birth hope, you gotta have hope before faith. Hope always comes. That's why we preach hope around here. That's why Pastor Don just preached about hope. Why? Because that's the beginning of your journey of faith. But don't stop at hope. Hebrews 11.1, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. You start out in hope, but you don't stay in hope because hope's always future tense. But faith says it's now. Number six, the word of God produces true peace. Oh man, who can't use peace? But the word of God will give you a peace, a true peace, in the midst of some of the most craziest storms and adversity in your life. God will give you a peace. You know where that peace comes from? From knowing and being assured of God's word. Once you have, listen, once you have God's word on it, peace should come. Because God is a God who watches over his word to Performing, it says in Jeremiah. Number seven, the word of God solves emotional problems. My Lord, I can go on about that. How many know we have emotional problems? And notice here in these notes, a lot of our emotional problems come through offenses. Number eight, the word of God unleashes uncommon faith. Everybody say uncommon faith. Remember, faith is confidence in God. Everybody say, in God. Mark that, mark that, mark that. Number nine, the word of God enables you to make wise decisions. That's your blank there. Number 10, the word of God solves financial problems. Study these on your own. 
Get around as a family, study these. Number 11, the word of God enables you to withstand temptation. Men, you need to be at this men's breakfast this Saturday. Trust me, you're gonna see Psalm 119 verse 11 like you've never seen it before. You wanna combat sin in your life, those vices, those habits, get God's word in your heart. Guarantee you'll come out victorious. Number 12, the word of God increases favor with God and people. Boy, there's so much here. And the last but not least, number one, steps to building a spiritual home, select a plan. Select a plan. Number two, memorize some scripture. Remember, this is as a family. And number three, attack the habit of reading God's word to attach, is what it should say. Attach the habit of reading God's word to an existing habit. In other words, if you all eat breakfast at the same time, that's a habit. Attach the habit of studying God's word together as a family. Amen? Did you get anything out of this tonight? We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.